Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. Hey friends, I'm Amanda. And I'm Santa. And fun fact, we just got a special little shout out today from our friends over at the Ghost Roast podcast. They shouted us out on their episode that just dropped today, March 27th. So go on and listen to it. It's their 76th episode. Yeah, they, uh, they're they awesome. Their show's really funny. If you like our vibe, you'll probably like theirs too. Um, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I was chatting with Sydney maybe a week or two ago. I posted a Ask Us Anything questionnaire, and <laughs> Sydney asked which one of us has gotten the drunkest. And I was like, well, I don't drink and Santa doesn't drink very much. So that's a hard one. But yeah. and back in my day, probably it's probably me, but I don't drink anymore. Santa doesn't get too crazy. Let's face it. We're in our 30s now. We are grown adults. And with that said, one thing that Sydney from the Ghost Rose said to me, she was like, y'all said something about being in your 30s or back in my 20s and I was like there's no way you guys aren't in your 20s and I was like girl (laughs) thank y'all thank y'all but I have wrinkles now so um, me too like (laughs) obvi and I am starting to name all of my gray hairs that are sprouting my wisdom hairs So yeah, definitely go check out the Ghost Roast. They're hilarious. You will love them. And as for my fun fact, my actual fun fact, as you can see, new studio, who dis? Yeah. Yep. I've been keeping a secret from all of you, but secret's out now. Connelly and I have moved into our dream home, our forever home, and we are so blessed and happy about it and I'm so glad that I finally have a gosh darn door on my studio Um, and this is a work in progress I'm gonna have some of Laura's paintings right here some of her prints and uh, I've got this sick lamp behind me I don't know if you can see it but that's from my nani shout out to nani she had she has amazing taste so I'm probably gonna put more of her decor back here at some point but since I freshly just moved within less than a week uh, less than a week ago I moved, so it's not quite all set up yet, but this is going to be the vibe from now on. I hope you like it. If you don't, I don't know what to say. I love it. I do care. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the vibe now. (laughs) Yes. Congratulations on the move and your new house. I've been, you know, following along quietly, this whole time and I've been watching the process of ripping the floors up, putting in the new floors, painting, color matching the stew to our hex code for our logo. Yeah, I I went through so many different paint colors and I was like, this and this and right here, this is it. So Should the purple. truest color, I don't know if you can see, I can't really see what I'm pointing at. Back here, that's yeah. the true color. And then here's my normal. <laughs> that's lamp, literally the logo lamp. color. <laughs> right. It's so close. Like, can I get an amen? Like, amen, sister. Can I get a hallelujah? Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes, um, Lord. 
Well, thank you, Santa. Oh, and I know people are going to ask. No, I did not move to Nashville to be closer to my queen, Santa. I'm still in the greater Atlanta area, so we're going to be doing this long distance still, but we're not too far from one another. That'll be fine, I suppose. That'll, that'll do, I guess. I guess that'll work. We'll make we'll make do. <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's what's new with me, but uh, Santa, I think it's your time to go first this week, so... Would you care to share the story that had you shook this week? Yes, I would. And so it's a little different from any story that I've ever done, but it's also not that different in a way that will become clear very soon. So here at Shook Podcast, we cover all things paranormal and unexplained, right? So this isn't a ghost story. I just want to preface that. This is about something that technically has not really been answered for. We have theories. We have really good theories as to like scientifically how this phenomena took place, but it's still unexplained how this happened. So, Hunty, Mm -hmm. have you ever heard the name Ava Tima Tardo? I can't say that I have. Well... Neither did I until very recently, but Ava T. Matardo was a dime museum performer during the turn of the 19th century, you know, during the time when spiritualism was getting going and Harry Houdini and everybody was out here doing magic shows and side shows and stuff like that. Um, Hey, by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, Santa, if you don't mind editing in a little hashtag hidden Houdini. Houdini can pop up sometime. And if you can be the first person to comment below where he is when you see him, we'll pin your comment. And so just so everyone knows, dime museums, they basically existed as cheap, lowbrow entertainment for the working class. And they showcased sideshows, medical specimens, and other oddities like wax figures. They would have sword swallowers and magic shows and just like any kind of like little freak show type situation. And they had these dime museums in big cities like New York City, Chicago, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Basically, the these performers would kind of go around to the different ones. They would call it doing the dime museum circuit. And do their acts. And so Ava Timotardo was considered one of the probably coolest and most unexplained for like how she was able to do her act. Cause you know how like you can kind of pick apart when you're watching something like that, like, Oh, yeah. that's how they might've done the trick and you have your idea, but it's like, no. So Ava Timotardo was known for enduring poisonous snake bites, literal crucifixion, yes, pins and needles being pushed through her skin, like even her cheek, her neck, different body parts, and just other shocking injuries. She just would do anything that looked painful or that that would be very painful to anyone. And she did all of this without any expression of pain. In fact, 
she remained so unbothered during these acts that she would just be like humming out loud. Like she would just be like, <laughs> while somebody's like hammering like an iron spike through her hand. Oh my God. Just like, it wasn't even that she got pleasure out of it either. It was just, she allegedly, I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say allegedly because it's actually, this has been proven. She could not feel the pain. What? She, yeah. She physically could not feel the pain. It's crazy, but I'll, I'll get, I'll get back to that in a second because I'm getting off the timeline. So the New York Times called her the strangest woman in the world and a typical routine for her at these dime museums and lecture halls and places where she would perform would start with her sticking her hand into a box full of cobras and rattlesnakes until one or more of them bit onto her hand. And then she would take her hand out and reveal the snake that is just like latched onto her hand or her arm. It's an arm. She's actively being bitten by poisonous snakes, like on the regular. Most people, anybody that got bit like that would die. Right. Or they definitely couldn't stand, they couldn't withstand doing that on a regular basis like she did for the shows. Observers say that she didn't even bleed from the snake bites and only retained tiny blue puncture marks from the fresh bites. So like you could see the imprint of where their teeth were, but there was no like bloodiness or anything. In fact, in all the other things that she did in the act, the pins being pushed into her body, like you never saw blood. That is so weird. A doctor at a show said that the snake bites would have killed 20 men, but she was totally unharmed. It's It seems like an impossible thing that someone could do this. And she was doing it in full view of the audience. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like a magic trick where someone's doing something behind a curtain or there's something covering. She's out here on display and people are shoving sharp objects into her body. You know what I mean? Like, Oh my God. Holy herpetology. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like snakes, but that's a no. That's I like snakes, pass. but not poisonous snakes. I like a, yeah. I like a corn snake. Yeah. You know, I like a little python moment, like a ball a python anaconda. moment. No, I don't really love those. <laughs> Cause they, I don't think they love me. <laughs> they would come for me. They would give you a big hug, lethal <laughs> hug. Yeah. They would, they would, they would eat your ass. <laughs> I would simply pass away. And also I had, um, highlighted some passages in here that I meant to read. And this is more about like Houdini's connection with her. Above all, people came to see the beautiful Cuban Ava T. Matardo entice a rattlesnake to flare up and sink its fangs into her milky arms and shoulders. Even Houdini was shaken when after Avatima wrenched the serpent from her arm, a physician injected its poison into a rabbit, which instantly went into convulsions and died in great agony. <gasps> Grizzly proof that the snake queen was no faker. That is one like kind of fucked up thing about her act is that they would kill an animal in the process just to prove that this was a poisonous snake that bit her every time. Ooh. Okay, that's the that's the proof right there. The yeah. proof is in the the bunny rabbit. The, not yeah. the pudding, but the bunny rabbit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. 
And that's how like fucked up these shows were too. They just they just did some crazy shit back then. It was the Wild Wild West. Oh my goodness. What year did you say this was? Ish. Uh 18 I think it was 1898 when she 1897 1897 is when she performed in Chicago and met Houdini. Damn. Yeah. So after the snake bite segment of her routine, she would get up onto a cross. So she would have doctors do like all of the harm that she was basically doing to herself for probably two reasons. One, because she was actively being studied by these doctors as to like what is going on. She was actively being studied and tested and they're trying to figure out what is this anomaly. And two, they probably knew how to not pierce an artery that could kill her or they probably knew how to not pierce an organ. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she was really smart for that. Um, So she would have a doctor hammer an iron spike through her hand. What? Literal crucifixion. And she would also have the doctors push pins through her body, even through her tongue. So a newspaper reported that her wounds were white and gelatinous, not bloody. And she said she felt no pain at all and that snake venom felt like whiskey. Like the sensation that it gave her body. That's crazy. So white and gelatinous. So like coagulated white blood cells, maybe? There's like some really weird theories about that. But in my head, I'm thinking like maybe the venom, because she does the venom first. And then she does the having stuff hammered into her and stabbed. Maybe like there's something with the venom that kind of like affects her blood circulation Mm -hmm. because obviously her system is rejecting the venom since she's not getting hurt by it. So maybe it's causing something, some kind of reaction that changes the pigment Uh of, I don't know, but no one has said anything to that effect in my research. That's just what my brain is thinking. Was this truly fully on display? There was no, I'm putting my hand in a bag where there are snakes. Like people physically saw the fangs go into her flesh. Well, she put her hand in the box first just to get the snakes to bite her. And then she pulled her hand out, revealing the full bite and the snake wrapped around her arm. Oh my gosh. Like, so so when she pulled her hand out, the snake was still latched on with the bite. That is insane. She is like just an anomaly. She herself is an anomaly of nature. It's crazy. Like, and she yeah. was so pretty too. I'm sure the sexual tension was high when she was doing her act. It's giving like Fifty Shades. It's giving BDSM. She really did kind of like sexualize it a little bit, like as far as mm-hmm. like making it seem like she liked it. But really at the end of the day, she just couldn't even feel it. She couldn't feel Maybe it anyway. Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's paralyzed. I don't know. Like, how do you not feel two fangs pierce your skin? That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. There is a little more explanation as to maybe what this could be. So I'd said before that she said she felt no pain and that snake venom felt like whiskey. 
in her veins. So she could feel that, I guess. Um, but she claimed to be able to stop her own circulation and dislocate her own neck as well. And that is the thing that the stopping her own blood circulation, that is the thing that had Harry Houdini like obsessed for a hot minute. As we've maybe talked about before, he would go around and like figure out how other people did their tricks, right? And he would yeah. adopt some of their ways of doing things into his his way of doing things. And he just, he learned from everyone. Like he learned from the sword swallowers. He learned from other people. And then he was hoping to learn how she did her shit. Yeah, he probably had Especially, a crush on her too. I'm sure he did. Allegedly, there was nothing romantic that ever happened between them. But he thought she was the coolest thing he'd, he'd come across. So, oh, another quote that she said was, I rather enjoy being crucified. It amuses me to see the horror-stricken countenances of my auditors. There are upwards of ten feints to each seance, but they never fail to return again to see me. So a little backstory about Evatima. So she was born in Trinidad in the 1870s, and when she was five years old, she was bitten by a large cobra. Oh. It's giving Spider-Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> cobra girl, cobra girl. Does whatever a cobra girl does. I feel like she was literally like transferred power from this fucking cobra, honestly. So when she got bitten when she was five by the cobra, her parents were like scared to death that she was going to die. Because, you know, back then children were dying left and right all the time. Just for right. <laughs> tripping and falling or getting the stuffy nose. <laughs> They're gone. You're out. So she didn't die as her parents had feared but instead slept for 30 hours and was fine. Someone said, I don't remember who the source was, but someone said that the snake bite was like a sleeping potion for her because all she did was sleep for 30 hours straight and woke up and was like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm a kid, I'm ready to play. She sustained other poisonous reptile bites while growing up, and those had no effect on her either. She was just out here getting hurt, and also, like, the fact that she couldn't feel stuff probably made her susceptible to the bites. Because, like, if something did bite her, she was just, I don't know, probably not even aware of it, really, at first. This is the most bizarre story I've ever heard already. I know. I know it's crazy. I'm obsessed with her. I'm literally fucking obsessed with her. Like, now that I know a, about her. What a badass queen. She, yeah. Wow. Literally. We have no choice but to stand. So another quote from Ava Tima pertaining to her condition. She said, I never had a pain in my life. I don't know what ache is. I'm always happy, never sad. Must be nice. She's never had pain, emotional or physical. I take that back. I said must be nice. Uh, no. Pain is actually a lifesaver. You have to have pain. To know it lets you know. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then to not have emotional pain, it, it sounds kind of backwards to say that that's not ideal, but that's also really not ideal because what is the light without the darkness? Right? Yeah. You know? Exactly. And her whole life was just kind of like spectacle and excitement. She 
was this like chosen one enigma type figure and got a lot of attention. So she didn't really have to suffer that much, you know? And since she couldn't feel the physical pain, she literally did not have to suffer. She actually claimed to have no sense of touch whatsoever and relied heavily on her other senses to navigate life. I'm very curious to know how far that goes because she said she could feel the venom running through her veins. So maybe like somewhere inside she can feel something. Right. But just like, can she not feel if someone is tapping her? What about going to Pound Town? That's exactly what I was thinking. Like when I found this out, I was like, no, but like, what if she can't feel any of that either? Oh, no. Cause that would be like a, a very ironic thing. So she started attracting attention from the medical world at age 10 during a trip to the U S and then she went to England and other areas of Europe as well, giving exhibitions to physicians and participated in experiments. Um, so that people could kind of poke and prod and see if they could figure out what the fuck was going on with this little girl that survived the fucking snake bite and other poisonous bites. In 1897, she began performing at Cole and Middleton's Dime Museum in Chicago, and that is where she met Harry Houdini. So Houdini was always a keen observer, and I talked about this earlier too. I was all over the place, really. Houdini was always a keen observer of other acts, always trying to decipher how they did their tricks and even adopted some tricks into his own acts. He could not figure out Evatima. And this is a quote from Harry Houdini about Evatima. For the simple reason that I worked within 12 feet from her, my statement that there was absolutely no fake attached to her startling performance can be taken in all seriousness. Like, he knows that there was nothing. There was no bells and whistles, smoke and mirrors, nothing about it. Damn, she just got a five-star review. Got a five-star review from Harry Houdini himself. (laughs) Harry Houdini did have a theory about how she did her tricks as far as, like, how we weren't seeing blood and and all that. Mm -hmm. So after years of investigation, I've come to the belief that this immunity was the result of an absolutely empty stomach into which a large quantity of milk was taken shortly after the wound was inflicted. It doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. He's saying like after the snake bites, she would have drank a bunch of milk and then got on the cross, but she was like out there in front of everybody. There was no Hmm. time for her to be loading up on the milk. No, and this was well before the Got Milk campaign, so. (laughs) And also what the fuck does milk have to do with anything? What's milk got to do with it? <laughs> what is the correlation? Because <laughs> I think because the press was reporting on her wounds being milky white, yeah, I think his brain was just like, must have something to do with milk. <laughs> That's the title. Must have something to do with milk. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> you could say she was a dairy queen. <laughs> Just take me out back and shoot me. That was terrible. No. (laughs) I don't want it to have anything to do with milk. I wish he had not brought milk into this because it really makes no damn sense. Okay, would you rather be milk or pus? Which, ew. Yeah. To be honest, it could be the other thing because she was like sustaining injuries all the time. 
I mean, she wasn't getting infections, though. The doctor said she wasn't getting infections. Okay, so no pus. I'm bog. My mind is boggled. I'm just right like, now. does she even have blood in her body? Is she a real person? You know what I mean? Maybe she's from outer space. That milk theory, Harry Houdini, do better. <laughs> Silly. So oh doctors had other theories that actually are grounded in something that sounds like it could be possible. So in Minneapolis, doctors thought that she was using a combination of an anesthetic and willpower, but then ultimately said there was no anesthetic on earth strong enough for her to be able to withstand all of that, especially the like the iron spike stuff through the hand, like, come on now. Yeah. Others thought she was under hypnosis, which potentially. Dr. William J. Burns, who examined her in Minneapolis, gave the most reasonable explanation for her gifts. Miss Tardo is certainly what she claims to be, a woman without the sense of feeling. I attribute her present anomalous condition to the cobra bite she received when a little girl. That bite paralyzed the sensory nerves and inoculated her nervous system with the poison. That makes sense. If I'm not mistaken, cobras do have a neurotoxin venom. That makes way more sense than anything else. Yeah. And another doctor also suggested that the snake bite had acted as some type of vaccine, like a smallpox vaccine would. Right. And so, therefore, she's, like, immune to the snake bite. Or she's immune to all future snake bites now. So that would explain the immunity to the venom, and that would explain the sensory issue. Yeah, that tracks, actually. That makes a lot of sense. It is still a mystery, though, how she could control her blood circulation. Like, how she was able to control that. Because she did claim she did claim to be able to do that and it's it seemed evident that she was able to do that because she wasn't producing blood at the wound sites that is yeah i don't i don't know i'm not a doctor yeah it's crazy so yeah the newspapers were convinced that she was otherworldly or even immortal she of course attracted many admirers <sighs> and this is where i have to say fuck the patriarchy One day in May of 1905, a railroad special agent named Thomas McCall, who was obsessed with Ava Tima, received a fortune teller reading that another man stood in the way of them being together. Drunk and filled with rage, McCall showed up to a saloon where Ava Tima was drinking and having a good time with the saloon's proprietor, Hal B. Williamson. I believe they were dating or they were together. McCall shot Ava Tima and Williamson and killed himself five hours later. Uh, it's just, oh my God. It pisses me off so much. I could cry. Yeah. I could cry thinking about it because the fucking irony that like she could withstand any amount of pain. He shot her in the heart though. There was no way she could survive that. That is that is brutal. He could have stabbed her in the fucking stomach or something. She would have still been like, okay. And she was only 34. Oh, my God. She had a lot of years ahead of her to, like, still keep trying to figure out what was going yeah. on with her. 
to still keep working with the doctors as science advanced and stuff, she could have probably figured out a lot more of what was going on. Wait, okay, so she got shot, like, was it point blank? Was it from behind? Was it at a distance? That was not clear, but it, okay. it just said that she was shot in the heart while she was just trying to relax for once. That's so sad. We may never see someone with, like, her strange abilities ever again. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. We may never have answers, true answers. All we have are theories. We may never know, like, really what that was. And could it have been something otherworldly? Guess we'll never know. Damn. And now we'll never know because a fucking man. It's funny how a man has to, like, ruin everything all the time. T. Not all men, though. But a man. Right. This man killed her for no reason. Because she didn't like him back. Like, get the fuck over it. Like, seriously. She swiped left on you. It's fine. He was not entitled to her. No. But that fortune teller is messy for telling him that another man stood in the way. She's messy. There's blood on her hands. I'm sorry, but there is. Okay, that is... A little trifling, I have to say. Like, to meddle in someone's affairs like that, I mean, I get it. I get it. Fortune tellers are supposed to know everything. But even if you do know everything, why are you going to spill that kind of tea knowing full well it's going to aggravate and infuriate this man? And if she was any kind of intuitive medium clairvoyant anything she could probably pick up his chaotic and dangerous energy and to give him that information bitch yeah i'm blaming i'm just blaming everybody because i i don't know this is just a very shitty ending for and she was only 34 i'm literally 34 yeah like she was just like she still had more shit to do we're still young. Don't go killing people in a fucking fit of rage, crime of passion thing. Like, if somebody doesn't want you, they don't want you, and just accept it. Right. Damn, that is that is very frustrating. I was so excited learning about all of the shit she did, and that's all she got to do. Yeah. It's like, it's like there was so much... She did so much cool shit, and she was such a fucking badass, and she seemed like bulletproof literally and it's like it was just so stunted i don't did they do autopsies back then were they able to tell like look into her body more to see if her nerves were damaged or that i don't have information on in my sources Mm -hmm. um which is the witch of lime street and also an article called The Extraordinary Body of Ava Tima Tardo by Best Lovejoy for the Welcome Collection. Those were my main sources, and they didn't really go deep into that, but I'm very, very curious about if they, you know, did research once they had her body that might have given them any information about her abilities. I guess my one last thing I'm going to say Uh, about her legacy going through one of Ava Tima's trunks in the saloon a statement by George Middleton who ran the Chicago Dime Museum 
was found. We had a standing offer of $20,000 to anyone who could duplicate her act. She was the biggest drawing card that has ever played at any of our houses. So she was, she was the big time headliner. She was the one that everybody wanted to see. And everybody was trying to figure out how can we be a dupe? How can we dupe Ava Tima? You can't. Right. Thing is, you can't. Everyone else, you're out. Because <laughs> anybody else who would try to duplicate it, it would be like, you're actually getting hurt and pretending that you're not hurt. She actually couldn't feel it. <laughs> right. The storm of circumstances that had to have occurred. People would die in the process of trying to duplicate her. You can't. Damn, Santa. That was an epic, epic, epic story. I've never heard of this woman, and I'm surprised because I'm obsessed with snakes. I think they're so cool. And I want one, but I don't know if Connelly will let me get one. (laughs) That's fine. But like the cobra incident alone, I don't know about yeah. you, but I do believe in miracles. And the fact mm-hmm. that that cobra did not take her out as a small child, that yeah. is a miracle. Because she was she was meant to do big things, I believe. Yeah. I'm really glad that I learned about her because I was actually going to go a totally different direction today. My original plan was to talk about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle more because we've talked about Harry Houdini a lot mm-hmm. and his friendship with him, but we haven't really talked about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and why he was such a believer. And that's what I was going to do today. But then when I found this story about her, I was like, no, bro, no, I got to do it. No, we got to well, do justice for Ava Tima. I still want to hear about him though. So surprise me with that sometime. I will. You know, Say I, I don't- call dibs. <laughs> you know, I don't do a like, Houdini story every single time. I just pepper them. So you won't know when it hits you till it hits you. I'm just glad that Harry Houdini entered the chat once again. I'm so glad that Harry Houdini has re-entered the chat. (laughs) You're welcome anytime. Even though that milk theory was crazy, bro. (laughs) Seriously, got milk. That was crazy. That That was was silly. Amazing story. Amazing story. That was one of my favorites you've done. That I, yeah, I don't even have words. That was insane. It's one of my favorite in a long time, too. So, what story had you shook this week? I never thought you'd ask. Just kidding. I <laughs> can't wait to tell you my story, Santa, because guess what? Your girl didn't do an alien story or a ghost story this time. Yeah, that's right. I think we were on the same wavelength, but not the exact same wavelength. Yeah. Okay. The story that had me shook this week is one that's had me basically in a chokehold ever since I first heard this story as a little kid. It's one that is going to fall under the unexplained category, also like yours. All right, buckle up. Because that story is... The mysterious phenomenon surrounding generations of the Olson family of Elgin, Illinois. Ever heard of them? Low-key, yes, but not enough to know. Oh, okay. Well, for those who are unfamiliar with the Olson family, I'm not talking about Mary-Kate and Ashley. (laughs) But what's this phenomenon? Well, I'll get into it. 
It was a stormy spring evening in May of 1899 when Chris Olson, son of John and Jensina Olson, went to visit his fiance and his future father-in-law. The three of them were exchanging pleasantries as you do when suddenly Chris is struck down by lightning. This bolt of lightning would kill Christ instantly, tragically leaving his future wife, his family, and friends behind. And that was just the first little dose of lightning that the Olsen family would have. So there's that saying that lightning never strikes in the same place twice. And well, that's not true, first and foremost. And what about, you know, same family? Hmm? Hmm? You probably see where this is going. So... Over the span of a hundred years and several generations, the Olson family has had several family members either struck by lightning or have had extremely close calls. Only 22 years after his brother was struck and killed by lightning, Chris's older brother, Ollie, some say Oli, would face a similar fate. Ollie Olson was on the farm tending to his livestock near the barn door when he too was suddenly struck during an electrical storm, leaving behind his eight children. He had mm. eight kids. That's so sad. So Christ and Ollie's sister Christine, understandably, was terrified of lightning as a result. One stormy night, Christine awoke her grandson Billy from his slumber, hoping to get him out to the car away from the thick of the storm um, because, you know, rubber kind of helps with the whole electricity thing. Then, bam, before they could even make it to their car where they thought they'd be safe, lightning once again strikes, illuminating the ceiling, which Billy described as looking like it lit up like a neon sign. Fortunately, both Christine and Billy were able to make it to the car unscathed, at least physically. Emotionally, however, they were both extremely rattled, and rightfully so. A couple of decades later, Billy was chilling at his house when a bolt of lightning shot through his window, and it destroyed his toaster. It also knocked the phone off the wall, and it barely missed a small little girl that was sitting in a high chair. Narrowly missed her. Like, she was that close. She was that close to getting zapped. Again, they were unscathed but unsettled. Only a couple of years later, after the busted Brave Little Toaster incident, if you're old, you've seen that movie. Yes. If you're not old, you haven't seen that movie. <laughs> so right after the toaster exploded, the phone exploded, Billy's cousin Connie would be the next target of nature's electrical wrath. Although it wasn't quite storming yet, Connie's sister Karen, who witnessed the incident, said that she could tell there was something brewing in the atmosphere. So Karen was about to give Connie a ride when, seemingly from the ground up, a spark rattled Connie's body into trance-like convulsions that knocked her unconscious and caused her to collide with the pavement. Karen screamed for her sister, who ultimately was fine after the lightning strike. However, she did not initially realize what had even happened to her. Connie explained that her chest and her limbs were numb and she felt a tingling sensation throughout her body. Connie had no idea that she had been struck by lightning when Karen had told her. A man named Bradley, who's a fourth generation Olsen descendant, would be the next in line for a close call with lightning. When he was 15, he was unaware of the family history when he suddenly saw lightning strike a barn door, another barn door. 
just feet away from his face. It put a black, smoky burn on the barn that radiated heat. Just putting your fingers near it, it was sizzling. It was popping. It was hot. It was sizzling, and it was hot. Fajitas. (laughs) I don't know. Real talk, I ate Mexican for lunch today, and I thought about getting fajitas, but I feel like that's just the ultimate attention-seeking food, right? Uh, I don't really think about it, but it is kind of a whole production, actually. It is! I like nothing to see here. Uh, My food is literally jumping on the plate, but don't look. Don't look. All right. <laughs> so the lightning struck basically just feet away from his face. And he joked that his friends no longer wanted to give him a ride during thunderstorms or even when it was raining, really. He'd be like, hey, man, can I get a ride? And they'd be like, nar, (laughs) you can't. I'm not taking you to Taco Bell because I'm not trying to die for some hot sauce. His Uber Eats orders get rejected, too, because they don't want to come near him. (laughs) Like, I'm not doing it. not going to do it. You, oh, you wanted pizza? That's that's too bad. I ain't coming Not down happening. there. <laughs> There's nothing you can say to make me come over here. I ain't doing it. So Connie, the one who got struck from the ground up, she said that she believes the ongoing trauma surrounding thunderstorms in her family tree may be the direct result of fear. She thinks that fear is the reason that they keep getting struck by lightning. So it's giving law of attraction, but not in the way you want. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So basically to wrap up the story, more than four generations of this family had almost a dozen people either get struck dead Two, two of them died, and they were brothers. What are the odds of that? And then all these other people just happened to have close calls, and some of them more than once? Like, what? In fact, I think I accidentally missed a part. It's giving ancestral wounds. (laughs) It's giving generational trauma. Yeah. Let's see. Passed down from generation to generation. I have a question. Is it like super common in Illinois for people to get struck by lightning? That's the thing. So I I don't know know. if I mentioned before. So Elgin, Illinois is slightly northwest of Chicago. It's less than an hour. Maybe with traffic, it's a little bit more. But as far as I know, that area is pretty flat, I would think. And the family, they hailed from uh, Denmark. They were Danish. And funny enough, one of the comments I saw in one of the forums or YouTube or something, (laughs) this person said, the Olsen family came from Denmark. One of their ancestors must have made Thor mad at them. Perhaps Uh, a prayer to Thor might help. (laughs) Anything. Really. So... I'm no statistician, obviously. We've been over this. I suck at math and all things related. But the sheer odds of this is just baffling to me. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, an, it's insane. So if you didn't think that was insane enough, I'm just going to rattle off 
A few facts about lightning. Lightning creates heat hotter than the sun. However, technically the lightning itself does not have a temperature. But experts say that the heat that lightning can produce can be as hot as 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my god. And, and people are surviving this? Excuse me? They say lightning cannot strike the same place twice, but I already told you that's not true. It turns out that it can strike the same place twice or more. That's completely a myth. And one thing that's pretty interesting, this is a quote from bestlifeonline.com. They say, it's a myth that lightning never strikes the same place twice. Not only that, but some places like tall buildings or areas with particularly conductive topography, can see dozens or even hundreds of lightning strikes. For instance, the Empire State Building is reportedly struck by lightning roughly 23 times a year. So, the topography aspect can have something to do with it. Not only can it strike the same place twice, but it can also strike multiple places at once. For example, so this is in Elgin, Illinois, not far from Chicago. Also stated in bestlifeonline.com is, they say, for example, a couple of years ago, a videographer recorded a single lightning strike hitting three of Chicago's tallest buildings, the Willis Tower, the Trump Tower, and the John Hancock Building. So you might be onto something with it being the location. But it was unclear to me in my research if the Olsen family, the first two brothers who passed away, it's unclear to me if they were in Illinois at the time or if it was when – I don't know if it was when they moved to the United States, if it was in a different state and they moved over, or if it was when they were in Denmark. That was unclear. Um, Oh, okay. But some more facts about lightning. Let's see. Florida, no surprise here, experiences more lightning than any other United State. Oh. Because. Hurricanes and shit. Yeah. Um, Of the top 15 U.S. counties, 14 are in Florida. Hmm. I mean, think about it. Florida's a peninsula. You're right on the ocean. You got the Gulf. It makes sense. It attracts. It's Lightning Alley basically, between Tampa and Orlando. Thunder is a direct, is directly correlated with lightning. You can't have, you can't have lightning without thunder. Thunder is the sound that it produces, and it can be heard as far as 10 miles from the lightning strike. And this one is one that really gets me, considering these people survived. Most of them did. A lightning bolt can have up to a billion with a B volts of electricity oh my god a billion that's a lot now like i said i'm not a statistician but all of this occurred with one family in particular and here's a kicker right here lightning kills 51 people on average in the united states each year that's not a lot of people yeah And the odds, the sheer odds of all of that happening to one family over the span of generations with no 
real explanation for what it is. Yeah. I personally, I personally wonder if there's something genetic. I don't know if they have more iron than other people or some other metal or something running through their it's veins. something because I watched an episode of The Unexplained about lightning phenomena mm-hmm. and there was someone on there that got struck once and then got struck again and then the science behind that was saying that just from studies on it there is some kind of correlation or it's more likely that you could be attracted by the lightning because you've been struck once and it does something chemically to you the first that time so weird it's so weird. Yeah. Couple more facts. There are more than 1 billion, lots of billions up in here. More than 1 billion lightning strikes that hit Earth every year. So again, with the odds out of the billions of strikes, like the more I deduce from these facts about lightning, the more insane it is to me that this happened to this family. Here's another thing. That's kind of interesting. Lightning disproportionately kills one sex more than the other. Do you want to guess which one? That it kills men. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are right, Santa. So in the United States, they say men are way more likely to be struck and killed by lightning than women. According to the National Weather Service, 81% of lightning-related fatalities between 2006 and 2013 were men that also tracks because the two fatalities in that family were both men um and another thing i wanted to say uh about this this family from what i could see and gather on unsolved mysteries is considering this mass trauma this generational trauma they have a great sense of humor about it connie the one who <laughs> the one who got struck from like the ground up or whatever she was like, I didn't even know that I was being struck by lightning. And when I came to in the car, I was just tingling. And I said, well, I guess that's what being struck by lightning feels like. <laughs> like <laughs> so nonchalant. We, we love a nonchalant queen. I just, I can't get over it. I think that's so crazy. And again, these facts, a lot of them are coming from thebestoflifeonline.com. And I've got a bunch of other sources that I'll link below as usual. Um, One interesting fact that I read on here is that a park ranger survived seven lightning strikes. Oh my God. Yeah. Strike me once, shame on you. Strike me two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Hell yeah. (laughs) Like, what? Let this man live. Well, he did get to live, I guess. Right. There's a lot of really cool lightning facts out there if you you care to look it up. But I just thought, given the, the history that this family went through, I just can't make it make sense. The odds of that happening to them, given all of these statistics that are available on the World Wide Web about lightning. It's It doesn't actually have heat, but when it hits something, it produces heat that's, like, lava hot. And people are surviving this? That is insane to me. And I should be petrified of lightning, but I'm not. I, I love thunderstorms 
more than anything. It stormed here last night for the first time since we've moved. And hearing the rain and the thunder and seeing the light kind of pop through my through my window, I was just so calm and chill. And it's honestly one of my go-to sleep sounds. If I don't feel like listening to a podcast, I'll put on some nature, nature sounds. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really cool story. And I like how it kind of was the direct opposite of yours. And we yeah. had no idea. I feel nothing. I feel everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. This episode is definitely like unexplained.com. Right. And that's awesome. Love that for us. We're branching out. Yeah. In other areas and also staying in some areas, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did post a poll in our private Facebook group, which is every season of spooky season. And I asked what everyone wanted to hear more of. And unexplained phenomena was, was one of the top ranking ones. So I said, you know what? Bet. I got you. Here's the thing. I work in marketing for a living. I do social media for a living. And the last thing I want to do when I don't have to be doing it is getting on Facebook. I'm just going to say yeah. it. I'm sorry. Instagram's really fun. TikTok's really fun. Facebook, I don't Facebook care. Facebook is like, I don't like to be on Facebook I either. don't like it. But trying to, you know, spread spread the love. And one, th- one feature I will say that I do like about Facebook is I like the groups. You can cultivate groups of people with similar yeah. interests. And I think that's amazing. But anyways, that's a ramble. I but- think we should utilize the Discord more because that's part of the Patreon. Discord's fun. And that is one of our Patreon perks. So if you're on the fence, just to recap. On Patreon, we offer exclusive content, which is behind the scenes. Santa has cut together three amazing episodes called The Cutting Room Floor. We've got episode one, two, and three, and they go way back in time to literally episodes one, two, and three, all the things that didn't make the cut. We've got my grandmother's video, her personal account of her panel experience. We accept story suggestions in Patreon. Uh, You get a shout out on air. If you're on Patreon, you will be... Drum roll, please. Da, 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 da. One of the first to see when our merch drops, because guess what? It's coming. And yeah, we may or may not have a giveaway coming up. <laughs> giveaway. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. And there's going to be some really cool shit in there. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty epic. Um, I can't spill all the tea just yet, but I can say it's about $200 worth of goodies. And if you want to hear about that giveaway, get on our Instagram because that's where it's happening. Our Instagram handle is at Shook Podcast. Woo! Basically, as soon as we get t-shirts, it's basically a test batch. As soon as we have that in hand, we can move forward with the giveaway. So that's coming very soon. Yes. Date TBD, but I would expect by the time this episode airs, we should be very, very close and I'll make sure not to launch it before this episode comes out. So, but yeah, um, other than that, I can't think of anything else. 
I don't really have anything else either other than please follow us on Instagram. Please follow us on TikTok. Please subscribe on YouTube and like the videos, engage in the comments on YouTube, especially this one. And please listen on Apple and Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Basically, uh, leave us a review any and everywhere. Gas us up. Yes. We've gotten some really nice reviews lately. And if you want, we can start reading them on air. Yeah. But I didn't know if that was silly because if you're listening to the podcast and you're subscribed to the podcast, then you must like it, I guess. So we'd be telling them things they've been new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, just be aware, if you've left us a review, we have read it and we thank you for it. It really helps us reach more listeners and we just are so happy that everyone's enjoying it. And thanks again to everybody who has been listening from the beginning and has come on as we've gone on and has just made this so much fun. And yeah, I just, we love you guys. We do. We do. It's true. It's true. Busted. Yes. So moral of the story today is we hope you all enjoyed today's episode and why don't y'all go out there and be safe? Don't put your hand in a box of snakes. Don't nail yourself to a, a cross or anything else. And definitely don't get struck by lightning for the love of God, please. Yes. Like don't do anything harmful to yourself or others. Don't yes. do any of the things we talked about in this episode at home. Don't do it. Not even under the supervision of physicians like Ava Tima did. Just don't do it. Don't be doing it. Period. Period. Listen, one more thing. Holy guacamole. We need more Shook stories, but I'm going to tell you right now, the next time we do one, we've got one of the most unsettling write-ins I have ever read. Yes. And that's coming soon, so... Stay tuned. Stay tuned for Shook Stories coming yeah. soon. Another episode of Shook Stories coming at ya. Yeah. But I guess that's our show. Love you guys. Love ya. Bye. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com.